I'm Suzanne Murdoch and you're listening to Power and Productivity. Each episode, I explore the energy that connection, expertise and flexible working can bring to your business. Welcome, I'm your host Suzanne Murdoch and today I'm joined by my friend Carl Siri. To meet a very unique management accountant who makes numbers easy through head and heart solutions. Carvel spent over 20 years as a management accountant in many different industries and has been seen firsthand how easy it is for entrepreneurs to get caught up with their passions and ideas and not really know if they're making any money. Through coaching, mentoring and consulting, Carvel creates a safe and expert space to explore your relationship with money so that you can become stronger, more confident and ultimately fluent with your finances and get control of your business. You'll always know your cash flow, make the right decisions for your business and make the most valued use of your time. So Cole, how are you? I'm good, Suzanne. I'm delighted to be here with you. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're very welcome on this lovely day. So give me a, a quick synopsis of your story today, Carmel. How have you got to this point? Um, well, um, I started my life out in corporate working in industry, which really means working for somebody else. So I would have worked and ran their finance uh, teams and departments in their business. Um, and I always was interested in uh, teaching and understanding the strategic um, strategy behind businesses. And um, you get to a stage, I suppose, in your life where you think it's either now or never. And I took the, the, the plunge um, just two years ago and um, I thought I had done everything right. I had set my company up um, um, four years ago. And I was working on the side, so working full time, then working part time in the evenings and weekends. And I then uh, went part time in my day job and uh, started building up the hours in my business. And I thought this was a really clever plan. And I was um, I had protected myself against everything. And then I left my day job and I felt like I was drowning. And, um, you know, working for yourself is such a unique experience and uh, good and bad. Um, and where when I was always interested in talking about numbers and I knew there was a gap, a huge gap that I wanted to address with um, entrepreneurs and small business owners, um, it was really through that process of leaving my job and working for myself that I really started to do some really serious digging into why this is and how to fix it and how to get people on board um, and use the numbers in their business um, as a resource, not just to do a tax return. Yeah, well, I think I know I think that's a big thing. I mean, I'm excited to talk about the approach that you take to finances and the, the head and the heart solutions, it's quite, that's quite a unique um, certainly thing for me anyway. But you mentioned finance, the bigger picture. So there you mentioned tax. So my first question is, there is more to money than just taxes. So how do you start in, in understanding the information that you've already got and using it in the right ways? So the first thing you have to do is, um, is, a, is, a, is, find your process um, and this is something that a lot of people wait far too long before they they start to look into so the process could be now for for my um 
for my audience, we do a finance Friday where uh, it's an hour a week. And I would only suggest people spend an hour a week on their finances. And there's a you sit down, you take out your um, your expenses, your sales, you get your bookkeeping up to date. Um, and I suggest you only spend an hour up to an hour after that, after if the work that you're doing goes over an hour, then you need to start looking at outsourcing of some of some type. Um, but it's really about the process. It's really about setting up a practice in your business that you can do fairly easily and do it weekly. And once you have that practice under your belt, you will then start to look at the numbers. And it's when you look at those numbers that you start to see the patterns that are so, for example, when you're looking at last week's bank account or last week's sales or last month's sales, that tells you how your business is doing on a day to day basis. Your bank account will tell you how much money you have. Do you back over the records that you've kept over the over the last year or last six months and you look at that um, at the patterns that are starting to emerge you can then use that to build your future and understand your business more and that's when finance really steps into its own it is like a partner in your business all the answers are there all the answers are there and they are unique to your business because no two businesses, even if they're in the same market, the same offering, the same product will have the same data or the same needs. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Certainly, I found that from my experience, but I think, yeah, the word process, the word process and also getting yourself into some sort of automation as well and patterns and habits to take that hour each week, often at the same time or whenever your energy is high because a lot of people would put this off. So I think you have to be in that high energy zone. Yes, and with a, pro- with a process, and I know this for the things that I don't like doing, when you have a process, when you have a starting point, when you have a point A, it is easier to get to B, C and D when you have nowhere to start. And that's where the process will give you. That's where um, the spreadsheet, the piece of pe- the pen and paper, it's not necessarily about how you record your information. It's, it's, it's about being able to store it and being able to dip back into it at a later date uh, for your own reasons. And if you were ever asked by um, um, the tax revenue, yeah, um, yeah, definitely. you know, um, but a process is, um, give, shows you where you start. And for people who struggle with numbers or they don't like the numbers or whatever they tell themselves, um, a process helps them get over that that feeling point because it's a doing point yeah and once you get into the nitty-gritty I think it's a lot easier from yeah yeah Yeah, exactly so tell us about how your attitude to money and the stories you're told that you tell yourself can dramatically affect the bottom line yeah this is an area that I'm finding fascinating and it's really something that I've struggled with myself and I think everybody struggles with um, they have some sort of hang-ups from their childhood about money Um, and when you come to one of my workshops the first thing we do is we look at your mindset we look at what are you telling yourself 
um, about. So you would look at, you know, what are your first um, memories of money, you know, in your household? Um, your parents are guardian. What was their attitude? What do you feel um, about money? So, so for example, one of the things that I would have had is that you've got to work hard for your money. That would be something that I would believe. Um, I have been brought up that, you know, you, 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 uh, you work your, your, albeit nine to five, five days a week, but you work hard and you, you give all in the, that time and then you get the money, which is not, that's just something I've been telling myself. That doesn't mean um, it isn't true for everybody. So you, you need to find out what your belief about money is and whether that's holding you back. And often it is. It's, and it's, yeah. Sorry, no, it's interesting because I was brought up that you, you just don't talk about money. You don't talk about what you earn. You don't ask someone what they earn. You don't, you just don't mention the word money. Yes. Uh, so my kids will ask me questions similar to that. And my first response is, you don't ask that, that's really rude. And then I think, well, actually, that's inquisitive. They're curious. You know, yeah. we, we should open up about this sort of thing. I mean, my son for years was asking me how much did I earn? And I think I said 50 euros a week. And then um, I, I really, you know, and I shouldn't have done it. But then, you know, years later, you're talking about something or buying something. And he goes, how can you afford that? You only earn 50 euros a, a week. And I'm going, oh, my God, I told you that years ago. And really with shame around it, you know, whereas... Um, we do need to start open um, talking about money and like money is energy um, and the, the feelings and, and the thoughts that we put out about money um, is what is coming back to, to us. So if we believe money is scarce, then it, it, that's what we're going to see and believe. And if we believe it's, it's bountiful, then um, that's that's what the universe is going to reflect, and I'm very unusual to hear to hear an accountant talk about mindset. But when it comes to business, these ideas you need to identify them and deal with them, um, or else they will hold you back in business. If they're holding you back in your personal life, they are definitely going to hold you back in your business life because you bring yourself into your business. Um, for small business owners and entrepreneurs, you bring yourself very much into your business and if you have not got a good relationship or you never had a good relationship um, with money that's not going to change when it comes into your business and the practical ways this turns up is in pricing and asking for money and asking for payment if you're not comfortable talking about money and asking for money and setting your prices at the value that you um, that that you are at, then your customers won't appre won't appreciate you. They're not going to tell you, oh, that those prices are too cheap or and they may or may not pay you on time. And all of these things is how your money mindset belief comes into the day to day. Is that something that you can, when you're mentoring, coaching, that you can understand from your clients? You know, what is their mindset? Can you then grab hold of that and help them work, um, work around? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is sitting back and thinking about this yourself. I mean, I'm an accountant. Uh, you know, I'm not a coach. I'm not um, um, a um 
mind coach um, or and I'm not a money mindset coach. At the same time, there are very simple things and, and um, the basic concepts are I will introduce in when I'm talking about the practical, I will bring in the mindset as well. And um, then there are resources for you to look into that further if that's something that is is holding you back. Um, but they do come hand in hand. Um, mindset in, in the business is huge. Um, you know, anytime we are reluctant to do something or hesitant or whatever, any of those things, uh, it tends to be because of what we how we believe the outcome is going to come or how we did this before and the outcome is when we detach ourselves um, from the outcome and we become more professional, if you know, air quotes there, um, you know, and we see it as a business and we see it as a job, it then becomes quite a routine and a process and then it's easily done. Um, When we get emotional about things, as um, we see the outcome and that stops us. So money is the is is hugely emotional for everyone because it touches our lives in so many ways um, and from such an early age, good and bad. Yeah, no, I know I, I get that. And I think the mindset, if you're not confident with money and the way you're talking about it, that can often um, come across when you're trying to get the sale when you're closing the sale as well. If, if, and if that comes across to a client, then they'll think that you haven't got the confidence, you haven't got the uh, the expertise really so why would they invest in you absolutely you know and it has happened to to me as well in the past I'm t- I speak from experience not just from a process um and and the thing about pricing is pricing is um is a marketing tool it's not actually a um it's not about money um pricing is really about where you see your business and your services in the market so there are pricing strategies um you know do you want to um you know very very broadly do you want to be be cheap and have loads of clients and loads of customers do you want to be expensive and have less customers but charge them more and depending on the product or service and depending on who your customer is will depend on your price so they're all things that you can actually find out they're they're there are ways once you research, you can find out then what your best pricing um, policy should be. But we put because it's about money, it becomes emotional about, oh, my God, will they think I'm too expensive? Or will they think I'm too, very cheeky asking for this price or that price, particularly when it's services? Yeah. Um, and but we just need to understand and tick those boxes of who our customer is, who are who are selling to and get those things um, right. And then pricing will follow. OK, let's move on. So we talked about the, the mindset processes. How can we align our, our values with our business goals so that we're consistently motivated to succeed? The whole values thing comes in. Yes. So I love a good, um, I like to um, um, have soulful goals. So basically, and I didn't invent that term, um, um, the soulful goals and how I explain and again, how I work through with my clients is that I look at where they want to be and ask them, where do they want to be? So for me, um, you know, 
there um, or somebody might want to only work 10 hours um, a week. They may want to have summers off. They may want to um, that may time may not be of an issue, but they may want to have five holidays uh, a year. So there's different goals um, in that they have in life. So work has to enhance those goals. So if you only want to um, want to work 10 hours a week, then there your the pricing strategy of the, the cheaper value with lots of customers is not going to work for you. You need to go for the higher ticket end with, with fewer customers. Um, and so therefore that that um, your values influence your policies in your business. So and they have to be aligned. Also, what we focus on grows. So once we sit down and we write down what our our personal values are, what our work values are, and then we, we match those in together. And then we look at this and we break that down then into the numbers side. So how do you um, reach 10 hours a week with maximum income? You have to write that down and understand then what customer comes in um, at that value and it all has to be mapped out and that's where the values and goals start so a good time of the year is at the beginning of the year I do that a lot at the beginning of the year but I also someone comes to me during the year that's where we start what are their values what are their goals what do they want to achieve what do they want where do they want to be this time next year and how are they going to get there and only by truly aligning your business goals with your personal goals and your personal values do they become achievable. And that's kind of where we, we need to be. Um, goals aren't something that you put you do once uh, for one week in, in December or January and then we take out um, the following year. Now, there's actually something to be said for that, because at least you can see where you've how you moved. It's better than nothing. But it is better to, to do a quarterly review, dip into those every quarter just to see are you still focusing on what you want to do? Yeah, that, I was just going to say that I have I find I have to do it at least every quarter. And the mm -hmm. other thing is make sure that your, your clients that you're working with match your values as well. Yes. And make sure you're aligned there. Otherwise, you're just they're just going to feel very frustrated. Yes, yes. Um, I mean, and how how I do also have a small practice where I do accounts and, and um, I look after people as I outsource their booking bookkeeping for them. And those clients are very, um, they would be very different from a, a normal practice because I spend a lot of time with them. I know them. Um, I spend a lot of time. I have a, um, a call with them at least once a quarter, ideally once a month, but they don't turn up for those, not me. Um, and definitely once a quarter, just even to check in what they're doing, where they're going um, and, and looking at them. And it's really a partnership. Um, and, Part of that is because to, to develop the numbers and get them into the strategy as well. Yeah. So, Carla, often business owners, they want to do everything themselves. How can, as a business owner, how can you get the confidence to begin to delegate and outsource this sort of thing? Because it's very, it really is very precious to, to most of us, the whole numbers side of your business. Yeah. 
It is. And one thing I find is really quite interesting is uh, people are very hesitant to give you information up to a point. And then it's like a switch goes off in their head and they decide, OK, no, I think I can trust Chair. I think she's OK. And then they just give you everything. Yeah. <laughs> so it goes from one extreme to the other. Um, but that's, that is really good because I suppose from from other tasks in my business, I have this issue as well. When do you hand over? Um, I am a huge believer in that you need to understand it yourself. So I understand that um, a lot of people don't want to sit down and, and record their expenses and their sales. And I get that. And I understand that they don't have the time. However, if you can, I would do that for, for a little while, for a, a month or two, just to understand what needs to be collected and why it needs to be collected, because then it gives you a good idea of what's going to come out the other end um, when you want to be strategic about your numbers. Um, my rule of thumb is if you're doing something for yourself with finance, if you're starting to spend more than an hour a, a week, an hour a week reviewing and looking at your numbers is, is enough. Um, if, if you will get to the stage where you can't keep up with the, the numbers, then it's you're ready to outsource. If it's something that you cannot face, if you cannot face doing this and you want to outsource straight away, that is possible, but I would also keep that hour to review what's coming back from your bookkeeper. This is not going to happen in and you cannot outsource this um, for somebody else to take responsibility for it. You are ultimately responsible, but also the amount of information that's in there, once you start looking at it, will help you um, grow your business. Um, one of the tips, though, I would tell you when you are looking for an account accountant or a bookkeeper. Some, so I have um, read posts on social media and things where people are nervous about going into their accountant. Um, your accountant and your bookkeeper is a part of your team. So they ha you have to like them. And you might not like every book uh, bookkeeper or accountant. And that's be a OK. Lot of people laughing at that, you know. But you they are part of your team. So if you find your accountant is not coming back to you or they're not giving you um, any time, uh, you're probably possibly in a, a practice that is too big for you. So they're. Um, their clients are, are are further down the road and they're leaving your your um, accounts till the end of the, the cycle and then they're rushing them through. And that's not ideal. Um, but you should have a connection with your accountant and be able to talk to them and they should be answering those questions that you have. Um, you know, you should not be afraid of um, of hearing those answers. No, I think what my poor accountants, um, deluged with emails from me, phone calls. You know, I mean, if it's too much for the accountant and you're you're taking up too much of their time, they they will tell you. You oh, know, yeah, she does. Um, she does. Yeah, <laughs> but like you have to start somewhere, and a lot of the questions um, that people ask are are straightforward enough so that an accountant could ask, answer them quite quickly. Um, maybe uh, I, I have a call with my clients once a month. Um, I would, if I was outsourcing my um, bookkeeping and accounting, that's what I would be looking for. Somebody who is going to talk to me on a monthly basis as part of the process. Yeah. 
And I think what, what's invaluable for me also is I get a monthly management report, just a, a synopsis, yes. a breakdown of income, revenue, um, costs, etc., debtors, that sort Absolutely. of thing. That is amazing. That that is that's ultimately what you want. So if you can't do the bookkeeping yourself, which is fine, you definitely need that kind of reporting, that kind of profit and loss at the end of the month, um, and then you can compare your different this month's to last month's, um, and just get I'd get lost in the numbers. But anyway, um, but also the, you mentioned debtors there. A lot of people with small businesses um, don't have debtors because. Um, their clients pay them up front um, via um, an app before the, the work is done. But if you are in the business where you, you do the work and then your clients are, are paying you, debtors is huge. You, you have to keep an, an eye on those. Um, a lot of the time we, we tend to keep those in our head um, and it doesn't work. You know, you need to keep um, who's paid you up to date and who hasn't as well. And nip that in the bud very quickly. Yes. Carmel, three top tips for your patterns with money and mindset. Um, I probably uh, I'm going to I, I do have um, three B's as what I call them, um, but I'm going to add a fourth one. On. I know you're only asking oh, for three. Um, <laughs> so my first one would be uh, bit by bit. Um, you know, a lot of the time people ignore their accounts and their numbers and then they sit down maybe one Friday or one Saturday and they spend five hours catching up loads on it and then they can't face it for another five months. So they've lost the traction that they got for the five hours. So I'm a um, huge um, um, promoter of bit by bit, only spend a half an hour or an hour, an hour max, half an hour minimum, and um, to sort out your, your, your weekly accounts. And I would also suggest that you start today. So if you have no practice, start today, setting up a practice and keep it going forward your backlog will always be there your backlog you can tip away at your backlog when you have a spare half hour an hour and that will eventually grow um get smaller but if you go straight to the backlog and you've got a 12 months to catch up and you do three months and then leave it for three months you're going back at the same time and you still have 12 uh, months and it's very disheartening so always always start today and keep uh, keep things going and then take a take a specific time out to clear out your back um, backlog um, beat overwhelm. So really, if if you're finding it overwhelming, walk away, just take one job at a time. A lot of the time people think, oh, I have to have my taxes done. I have to have my report done and find out how much I owe, how much money do I owe? I have no money in my bank account. All of that just it starts with just getting that process, getting that one task done. So if you sit down today and you're, oh, you find yourself getting overwhelmed, walk away for five minutes, come back and get one thing done. Um, and then just repeat and uh, uh, rinse and repeat. That, that, that goes and, through the whole business, I think, not just yes. finances. Marketing. It, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, finance isn't, um, it is another task in the business. It's not completely separate to the business it's part of the business it, you know and that that's the the same problems it, that you, that people find that I find in other tasks that other people will find really easy uh, you know and vice versa 
Um, so building a build a process now, we've spoke about that earlier on, get that point A um, to where you know when you sit down, what is your first task and what is the first thing that you want to do today and get that done. If that's all you get done that day, then that's fine. But that there are my three Bs. And the fourth one I'm going to sneak in is do watch what you say to yourself about money, because um, we're our voices are internalizing a lot of our fears and, um, you know, like, oh, I knew they weren't going to pay me. You know, if you have a customer that you think is not going to pay you, then have that conversation with them. Uh, you know, at, at best, it tells them that you're on to them. And at worst, um Sorry, at worst, it tells them that you're on to them. And at best, they, they will pay you um, on time. Okay. So the ne- my next question, brilliant tips, by the way. Do you think that the environment that you work in affects your mindset and productivity? I eat home, flexible working, or a mix of different environments. And what helps you ground yourself and become productive? Yeah. Um. Okay, so yes, uh, I when I started working for myself, as I said, I was in corporate, so I had the morning um, commute and the evening commute. And when I started uh, working for myself, I thought, oh my God, this is bliss, absolutely bliss. I have my own little office at home and I'm delighted with myself. And I had started working about six, eight months before the pandemic. And then I still had my office, so I was ahead of the curve. I was still very happy. Until like the last six months now, I'm there going, I really want to um, go and work in a in a hub. I think um, it will be great for to, to socialize. I'm here on my own all the time. And I think it does. I think a mixture is definitely what you need from me. Um, also, how I work, I am a terrible procrastinator. <laughs> I can just, um, I'm very slow in the mornings. I was just talking about, Zan about that. Um, I, I'm very slow in the mornings. And then, of course, I have a deadline. So deadlines keep me, keep, keep me focused. Um, and I will self-impose, de- um, create deadlines for me. I will have, um, if I have to get some work done for a client um, and I'm not getting to it, I will set up a meeting with that client for two days time or something or three times time where we will talk about that process. So I know I have to have that work done before I have, I go to that meeting. Um and so deadlines definitely work for me. And uh, that's, I'm as I was saying, I'm slow in the morning. And then as the day progresses and I'm not getting what I need done, um, I end up working overtime, which is not great at all. Um, and something that I, I have to work on myself. Um, I think a lot of people are finding that common, especially in the last year. They, they Maybe they've got that structured day, but if they're not getting the stuff done, then they're, they're not putting that cutoff time yeah. in their diary and sticking to it. And they're also not blocking time out for themselves. Yeah. Finding. But I think, I think your work environment for me personally really depends on what I have to do. So I know for writing, I'm often uh, more productive in certain environments. Um, for admin tasks, I'm better in other environments. Huh. I never even thought about it like that. And then depending on my mindset that day, you know, I might not have got a lot of sleep. So if I need cajoling a bit more to get on with stuff, then that's another thing I can think about. Well, okay, where will I put myself today? And it's having those, those choices and those options is fantastic because not all of us have that. Yes. 
Yes, no, I, I never thought about it like that. I just think, you know, I've always thought I work, I go to the office and when I'm not working, I'm not in the office. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, fantastic. So, Carmel, tell us where we can find more out about you and the, uh, the work that you do. And I know you do a few courses as well. Yes, I have different courses depending on what stage you are in, in your business. Um, you can check me out on CarmelSiri.com. That's my website. Um, email me hello at CarmelSiri.com. And then again, um, on social media, I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram, um, Facebook, uh, all Carmel Siri. Ireland, stuff. maybe. <laughs> and if you haven't checked Carmel out on her, it's Fantastic Fridays on Facebook, isn't it? What time is, what time is um, Finance Fridays are on. Now, they're off for the summer, um, okay. but they're starting back in September and it's 11 o'clock on Friday morning. Uh, it's a co-working um, space um, to come along, do your accounting. I'm there if you have any questions um, or you can just sit down, you spare the hour just to get your work done, get that accounting um, set up. It's, it's about getting that practice done. Um, we do break for coffee at some stage in the, the hour and have a chat. Um, if that doesn't suit you, you can always just mute the, the microphones. Um, it's really relaxed and very, um, very, very casual. It's really about setting the intention to get your accounts done for one hour a week and, and your admin as well. Um, Fantastic. So, so it's a bit of networking there as well. Yes. Excellent. Carmel, thank you so much for your time. Very exciting. Good luck with all your upcoming projects. Oh, thank you so much. I was delighted to talk to you, Sam. I will catch up with you soon. Thanks for listening. You can find more information in the show notes or on our website, thehubnury.com. While you're there, why not join our mailing list so we can keep you in the know about everything we're up to. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen so you don't miss an episode. Powering Productivity is presented by me, Suzanne Murdoch. It's produced by Emily Crosby Media.